Hello and welcome to Sizzlin' Arrow Outdoors, where we learn to cultivate, harvest, and prepare clean organic food. I am Paul Rhodes, host and founder of this podcast and the company known as Sizzlin' Arrow Outdoors. So this episode is going to be a little bit different than the ones we've done previously. This is actually our first ever interview episode, and I had the opportunity to sit down with Chef Nick from First Watch Cafe. Nick and I go back many, many years. You know, he's a good buddy of mine, and we were fortunate enough to be able to get our families on the same schedule for a couple days and escape over to the North Carolina mountains and just kind of hang out and do a little fishing. Nick and I actually took a little bit of time off from one of our fish fishing outings to sit down and do this recording and just kind of talk about Sizzling Arrow, talk about First Watch, and just kind of get his opinions on everything. So I feel it was a great conversation and I hope you all enjoyed as much as I did. And now without further ado, my conversation with Chef Nick. All right, man. Well, this has been a little bit of time waiting to get together like this. Well, how long have we been planning this trip? I'd say about two months. Two months, yeah. yeah and it was finally, it was nice to finally be up here in the mountains, sit next to the stream, do a little fishing, you know, to get the families together. And I really appreciate you doing this recording with me today and kind of talking about what you do at the First Watch Cafe how you guys cook up the breakfast items, the lunch items for your customers, and then how you support the local farmers in the area uh, around you know, the Cary Raleigh Triangle area as well. So, again, thank you for doing this, and uh, I'm go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, Nick. Uh, how did you get started in the culinary industry? What kind of drove you to become a chef? Right. So, glad to be here with you, Paul. I've always had a passion for cooking when I was younger and finally kind of fell into the trait. My dad was always cooking at the house when we were younger with all the boys every Sunday and it just became one of my passions that I love doing and I believe when you work somewhere you should love doing it every day when you go into work. It should be something that you love. I love cooking so. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree that you definitely should have a passion for what you do for a living. And we find so many individuals that just absolutely hate and dread going to work. And you know, if you actually have something that you enjoy doing, enjoy going to work, it makes, makes it so much more rewarding. Yeah, so I, I completely agree with that. You and I worked together, you know, when I was still doing the uh, chef and, you know, we, we worked together at Carolina Brewery. That was, what, how, how many years ago? Like, 13, 14 years ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. We were we were just starting out on our careers. Yeah. But I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Me too, man. It was very, very good times. A lot of a lot of crazy stuff happened over there. And you know, we'll definitely have to get into more of the behind the scenes kitchen stuff at some point. Let yeah. people see what really goes on, you know, like the uh, kitchen confidential stuff. <laughs> definitely. But but um the one thing with Sizzlin' Arrow, you know, we pride ourselves on providing insights and education to individuals on how to produce clean, organic style meats, which, you know, we talked about that a little earlier in the week. You know, one thing that I've noticed many families, they, for convenience or cost or just not knowing how to come up with the recipes or have the abilities to cook properly, 
they turn to a lot of the GMO processed fast style foods. So, you know, tell me, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on GMO products versus the uh, organic products that we find in the store. So I think you just described it perfectly. A lot of people nowadays try to save a buck or two and they just, you know, buy from places that aren't reputable and, and know what they're doing with the food. They're just trying to make mass amounts at, for a cheap dollar. You know, you want to know where your food's coming from. And if you try to save a dollar now, you're going to pay for it later, health-wise. Of course. And that's kind of what I want to target. You know, you're really setting yourself up for failure when you get older with all kinds of health problems. Agreed. I mean, a lot of the health problems come out just, you know, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, you know, the list just goes on and on. If you end up eating very fatty, very processed, chemical-induced foods. So, you know, we want to want to help as many individuals as we can break away from that and start eating cleaner, fresher meats and actually have some fun with it as well. So, with the first watch, I've ate there quite a few times. Probably one of my wife and my favorite places to go eat are breakfast and brunch. And the food's always fresh, very appetizing, seasoned well. How do... How does your restaurant support local farmers in the area here in the Triangle? So we support um, a couple different ways. One is through Ward's Produce that we get right from the farmer's market. We use Fresh Point as well. And if we're ever out of something and I have to run out and get it, instead of going to Food Line or Harris Teeter, I'll run down to the farmer's market in downtown just try to support the community, you know, instead of always giving back to the big chains that are not too trustworthy, yeah. I would say. <laughs> now, do you go to the uh, downtown Raleigh Farmer's Market? Is that the one you go to at the fairgrounds? Yes, that's, yeah. that's the major hub, I would say, the best place to get stuff. Agreed, agreed. And if there's anyone listening to this that lives in the Triangle area and has not visited the Raleigh Farmer's Market over at the uh, fairgrounds, I think it's the fairgrounds, isn't it? Yeah, yep, right downtown. Yeah, um, you definitely should check it out. Just you know, Google Raleigh Farmers Market and it'll pop up. And, uh, it's definitely worth a look. So, do you think there's more that we could do as individuals and as community and also as entrepreneurs and business owners to help and support our local farmers? Whether it's going directly to the farm, having relationships with the farmer himself to where they send you a list of what they have every month or week or whatever and then you know, buy it directly from them or do you think the farmer's markets are sufficient way for it? I think whatever connections you can make, the way to start it out would be probably go to the farmer's market and get to know some of the local suppliers, make friends with them. They always set up farm tours and all kinds of fun stuff like that, picking strawberries with your kids. That is probably the best way to make a good connection with the community to start out with. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, definitely, you know, go purchase and talk to them while you're having the, you know, day out with your family, as you said, and just really start building those relationships. I think it's a great way to do it. And then, you know, having conversations with them as well and finding out what struggles they're having and maybe kind of what we could do from their eyes of how to help. And that's one thing that we're hoping to do with this is to find out a little a few more ways that we can help support our small medium farms in the area and around the country as well right for for example 
me and my wife were going to go buy some pumpkins and butternut squash and, you know, the mums we buy every year from the local Harris Teeter. But we thought, hey, how can we help out our community and putting the business back into the triangle and the, the hardworking farmers? So we went to the side of the road and just bought some random pumpkins and butternut squash mums from a local farmer right off the side of the road and and helped him out a lot and he said you know i really appreciate this guys it's been really tough through this pandemic and thanks for all your support and it means a lot to farmers when you when you do that for them yeah yeah definitely and i mean there's so many options out there that you know we can choose and like the convenience factor and everything uh, added into it, you know, it's so easy just to run to the grocery store and grab the items that you need or that you want. Did you guys have a chance to cook up some butternut squash? We did. I, I made a beautiful butternut squash bisque. That's something we offer at first watch as well. Awesome. Usually during the fall time. Nothing better than cooking up something you know where it actually came from. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, last night was a great example of that because we uh, cooked up the sea trout that you had caught down at the coast in the last couple of weeks and then uh, we had what was it what was the other fish we did uh farmways swap okay yeah so there i mean both of them were very very good tasty but you can definitely tell the difference between the fresh fish it's just a little a little bit more moist not as dry but yeah. had a better flavor had a it. hint of salt from the ocean to it yeah and uh you definitely can tell the difference between just something as simple as that no, oh, yeah, definitely. Well, that kind of goes into, you know, the next thing that I want to chat about is what do you feel their biggest differences would be between, and I'm talking, you know, we just mentioned fish, but, you know, between wild game, farm-raised, cow, lamb, pork, and then, of course, the grocery store meat that we find, and whether it's the big box stores or some of the smaller grocery stores. Yeah, I think there's a huge difference because you want to know where your product comes from. When I take a bike ride on the greenway, I, I ride by plenty of farms where I see the cows roaming around in the pastures, eating fresh grass, and it's just incredible to, to witness that and just see something so beautiful. Vice versa, buying some meat where you don't know where it came from that could have been cooped up in a cage with 10 other animals just doing unhealthy stuff that's gonna be put into your body that's unhealthy exactly and you know when they're raised up i'm glad you mentioned that you know cages with other animals kind of bunched in there now what that does and what i was reading about with that is it adds a extra amount of stress on that and then when they get sent to the slaughterhouse it's even more stress and how they're handled from the transportation to the slaughterhouse has a big effect on it as well which that creates the ph balance within the meat so sometimes it's so high it is unedible and they end up having to trash that meat and just throw it out which is a huge waste of life in my opinion so if we buy you know local the farm raised free range meats. I mean, even there's some big corporations. I have a friend of mine that runs a work for a corporation that does free range cattle and, you know, they're on a higher scale, but they do things correctly. And we're going to, we're actually going to have an interview show with him uh, probably in the next couple months, just kind of talking about what they do. And, you know, they do it the old cowboy way, you know, horseback, 
no four wheelers. It's yep. really cool stuff, and you know they they're able to do that and they do it on a larger scale and keep it from being so so stressful for the animals and actually create a good product. So there are ways to do it on a bigger scale, but we want to focus you know primarily on our small to medium farms because they are definitely having an issue kind of making ends meet for from what I understand due to the big corporate powerhouses that are kind of taking over the agriculture industry. And the taste is so much more incredible. I mean, you can just tell the difference from something fresh right out of the ground. Let's use, for example, uh, beets or turmeric. You can taste the earthiness, and that's the same idea with the animals, you know, that are raised right in the pastures, eating the grass, getting the nutrients from the earth, and it's just such an incredible flavor when it hits your plate. Exactly. And the nice thing about it is you don't have to mess with it too much. You don't have to add a whole lot of seasoning to it. You don't have to put a lot of butter to make it taste good. Exactly. It makes it healthy. Yeah. And that's that's what's <laughs> going to get you in trouble in the future oh, if you yeah. start adding salt to everything and butter to everything to make it taste better. You're going to end up taking 20 years off your life, vice versa, using what the earth gave us, such as fresh rosemary from the garden or other flavors that you can tie into it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that to build a garden and to get these fresh vegetables we're talking about, it's not that difficult. I mean, you don't need a huge space to do. You don't need acres upon acres to run a, run a garden. You can have a quarter acre or even, you know, people in you know the city running on top of the, the uh, buildings that they live in through the, in their apartments that they live at. So there's definitely ways to get around that to get that fresh produce and not have to break the bank to go and buy, you know, organic if you need, you know, if you want to do it yourself, you can do it yourself, but it's, it's worth it in the long run. It's like an investment to your health. Yeah. I'm great that you touch base on that because we live in the city and we don't have a lot of room in our yard, but me and my wife, we make it happen. We got gardens all around the house and in every corners of the yard and my neighbors might think i'm a little crazy with the <laughs> setup but you know we're, we're making it work yeah. and that's what really matters yeah yeah me i am not a gardener uh, that's one of the reasons why i'm doing this is so i can learn how to become a better gardener better you know farmer learn how to cultivate the, the ground and land better because i mean i can I can hunt and shoot stuff all day long, but when it comes to growing vegetables, I learned this year that I'm not that good at that yet. Well, uh, I'm here to learn with everybody else. It's definitely a science. Yes. For sure. <laughs> so, kind of going into the difference between the wild game and the raised meats, have you yourself ever been out and done any hunting? Have you ever taken and harvested any animals yourself? Yes, I've, I've done a little deer hunting in my life. And it's just incredible to see the whole process from when you take it down to taking it to your local butcher and having it processed and using every part of the animal and it's just so fulfilling to see the whole cycle of life. Exactly. And you know, the one thing that I, I personally truly find rewarding with it is that when you harvest this animal, of course, you put in the hard work to go out there find where he's coming through, be stealthy enough to actually take this animal in his, I guess, house, if you would. And once you bring it back, you know, I butcher mine myself, and I have used local butchers as well, which, you know, I love supporting them, and they do a great job. 
but I just find some, I guess, serenity in breaking it down myself. I know exactly what's in there. If I know for sure that's the deer that I have shot, I can, you know, make the sausages, I can grind the meat, I can make the steaks and just cut them into any portion that I want. So it just once it goes onto the plate to the family, you, you get a sense of pride with that. And I'm sure you felt that as well when you harvested your deer. Definitely. And it'd be amazing to see that whole process in person and do it myself and i think this is kind of what the whole interview is about it's never too late to start something new and learn something new and i look forward to kind of growing and, and teaching you a little bit about gardening and you could teach me a little bit about butchering yeah definitely man i'd love to do that you know anytime you want to do it i mean hopefully we'll have some luck this year and get a, get a few fresh deer so i'll just keep you posted and give you a holler when i knock one down and I definitely love to learn the gardening stuff too, man, because I got to cultivate up the backyard and get the raised beds up and do all that for next year. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> it, it would be just incredible yeah. to see something like that happen. Butchering a whole deer from well, the get-go. Yeah, well, we were talking about possibly setting up a hog hunt at some point, going down and getting some fresh of that wild bacon. That sounds like fun to me, Paul. <laughs> <clears throat> I would definitely love doing something like that because it's it's all about the experience too you yes. know when you're doing these kind of trips it's it just changes your life when you see how nature works and, and what you can benefit from it and i feel like so many people nowadays are cheating the system and they're they're doing illegal stuff and trying to create just products that are not safe for the environment and finding a way to make a quick dollar. Agreed. A lot, a lot of bad stuff out there, and you know, like I mentioned before, it takes one one bad apple to spoil the whole batch. So you know, we definitely want to bring these bad apples out and show people kind of what's going on, and hopefully we can stop supporting that so much. Yeah, definitely a big eye opener for me. Yeah. So, do you feel that hunting adds benefits to farming and the culinary world? Do you see any benefits that hunting would add to those? I have, and I think it's very important to kind of keep everything local and just support your community. I think that's that's the real, real base of it. And as we've seen through this pandemic, a lot of people got hurt by this. People are sitting on a bunch of cows that they can't sell and a lot of products getting wasted. So. You know, it's, it's very important to be involved in your community, in your area, mm-hmm. and try to help the whole formula succeed, yep. you know? Exactly. Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the bigger benefits <laughs> that I've noticed you know, throughout the years with the hunting due to the farming is managing and maintaining a healthy herd of wild animals to make sure that they don't overpopulate to where it's less destruction to the farmer's crops and we have less car accidents due to the animals being pushed out of their home land through development and whatnot so you know the hunting really brings that down a little bit and kind of makes it a little bit easier to manage and of course as we talked about you know the freshness of it the flavor of the wild game definitely adds a lot to the culinary world and not a lot of people are messing with it or doing recipes about it i mean you can find cookbooks and stuff out there but you know it's not talked about too much so we're looking to hopefully bring that out and make it a little more noticeable for just average shows out there that may want to have some healthy options for yep i totally agree 
All right, Nick. Well, we definitely covered a lot of stuff today. Before we finish up with the show, I wanted to see how we could connect with you and come and taste some of that wonderful food you guys do over at First Watch. So, do you mind letting us know how we can find you? Yeah, so if you just go online, you can look up firstwatch.com. It will list all our locations and a full menu. You need to come check us out because we got incredible fresh ingredients from local farmers market and everything's prepped fresh daily in the morning first thing we cook everything to order as soon as the ticket hits the plate we saute it up and serve it right to you we got locations all over the triangle just put a new one in wilmington north carolina and we're branching out to all the communities we're gonna definitely make a change Awesome, awesome. Well, I know you know my wife and I. Like I mentioned earlier, we we love to come in, and that's probably one of our favorite breakfast spots. Yeah, you guys still do the avocado toast over there, don't you? Yes, that is one of our number one seller. We we can't make enough of that stuff. It goes so quick. Awesome. Yeah, my wife loves it. Man. She uh, gets that almost every time we go in. And if you guys aren't a morning person and you need a strong coffee. Nick's your guy. Go over there and see them first watch. They'll serve it up strong and get you woken up. I know he did. He brought some over here to us. You know, when when they came up yesterday, I think we cooked up the pot of it yesterday, and it uh, kept me going all day long. And I, I drink a lot of coffee, so it's an incredible cup of coffee. We get our beans straight from Colombia, go right to the source. You should always know where your food comes from. We just have an incredible connection with. First watch sunrise coffee production and it's some of the best stuff around. Gotta come try pot. Awesome man. Well again, definitely worth a check out. They have very good relationships with their vendors. They definitely support their local communities, local farmers, and make sure that what they bring in to the restaurant is the best for you, the consumer, and that it's gonna be worth the worth the money that you put into it. So definitely check them out. Nick, again, thank you for joining me today, coming up here and hanging out with us in the mountains. It's been, been a blast hanging out with you and the family for the last couple of days. And you know, since we're sitting here next to the Broad River, I think we should go and throw a couple of flies in the water and see if we can catch some dinner. What do you think? Let's do it. All right, man. Well, uh, again, thanks a lot, man. Let's go. Uh, let's go do it. All right, buddy. Let's hit it. Perfect. Well, there you have it, folks, my conversation with Chef Nick from First Watch Cafe. As I mentioned earlier, if you live in or are just visiting the Raleigh area and want a great place for breakfast or brunch, go see my friend Nick and the fantastic crew at the First Watch Cafe. I know they're going to take great care of you while you're dining with them, and I can almost guarantee that you're going to enjoy anything that you order from the menu because what they do over there is absolutely fantastic. Well, this really wraps up today's show, and I truly appreciate you listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review that goes a long way and helping us support the cause of what we're trying to do with Sizzling Arrow Outdoors. We will be back next week with another Just for Thought episode. Uh, definitely looking forward to doing that one. We'll post that on Friday of next week, so that's the first week of November. hope everyone has a safe and fun Halloween. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.